0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning.
1: Welcome to uh, our service this morning, and we're all um, we're all Christians. We all love the Lord Jesus, and we just are here to give Him praise and honor and to worship Him. So, if you're a Christian who has some doubts about your faith, about Christianity, or if you're not a Christian, and you have d- doubts about what Christianity is all about, whether it's true or not, now is the time to be here, because the next couple of weeks, Graham is going to be preaching about doubt. So let's, as we uh, open our time together as a, as a family, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can gather freely without oppression to worship you. Be with us as we hear from your word, as we sing your praises, and as we converse with you. Help us to grow in our knowledge of you and what you want us to do. Please be with Graham as he speaks to us from your word, and help us to be attentive to your teaching. Above all, may we honor and worship you as we should, our true and living God. We ask this in the name of your your son, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Right, we're going to stand and sing.
2: great words in that verse. Um, it's a great song of assurance that Jesus has paid the price for our sin. Uh, once and for all, we can trust him. Um, we can be right with God when we trust him. Let's, um, let's continue singing together uh, a great song of praise. Um, there is a male and female part, and so it makes a bit of sense that the guys will follow me and the girls will follow Sophie. Sounds good. <laughs>
0: Has felt the nails upon His hands, bearing all the guilt of sinfulness. man.
3: See guys. Well, happy new year! Woo! <laughs> Great. Happy new year everyone. If I didn't make that joke to you on the way in that I haven't seen you all year, well now you hear it. I haven't seen you guys all year. It's so good to see you. Um, has anyone made a new year's resolution or a new year's goal for this year? Come on, don't be shy. I have. I lasted six hours. My goal was <laughs> to not hurt my ankle this year. And I hurt it at 6 a.m. yesterday morning at the beach. But it's all good. Has anyone else made a goal or a resolution that's better than that one that might last a little longer?
0: To use my muscles a lot more.
3: Here. Use you use your muscles a lot more. Yep, yeah, great one. Good idea. Anyone else? Stay well this year. Pardon? Stay well this year. To stay well this year. I hope it lasts longer than six hours. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Come on, guys. I'm sure you have. We
4: could make one now,
2: couldn't we? Yeah, you can make one now. That's
3: right. Yeah, Graham.
2: Yeah, I'm, I want to go for a swim once a week. Great. That's a great one.
3: Yeah, le- yeah. <laughs> Not high expectations, oh, okay. one swim a week. I reckon that's that's doable. Anyone else? Did I see a hand up over this side? Of- oh, yeah, Sax, oh, sorry, Eli. Swim every day. Swim every day. Hey, Eli, did you swim yesterday? <laughs> you did, are you going to, you didn't, <laughs> mum's like, no, <laughs> well, sorry, yours, from now on, maybe, maybe you can, yeah, maybe we'll see how that one, I'll ask you next week how that one goes, Eli, all right, well, um, it's interesting, isn't it, that sometimes our resolutions or our goals, we don't quite keep them, has anyone actually ever managed to keep one for a whole year? Great, no, no, no. it's a lot of no's, (laughs) I was hoping there might be one yes. I got into like December 22nd two years ago, yeah, and then it was also again to not have to go to the physio, Uh, I got to December 22nd, so that was pretty good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I don't know what the secret is to keeping New Year's resolutions because A lot of the time they don't work out, as we've seen in our room, it's tricky. But I reckon one goal that we can all work towards that isn't that you know, it's doable, manageable, is to become more like Christ. So I think we can all strive to do that one this year, and every day we can pray, read our Bibles, go to church, worship together. All of these are really good ways for us to grow in our relationship, to become more kind and loving and gentle and patient. I'm going to work on that one this year, patience, Um yeah, and I think we can all try to do that a bit more and, yeah, let each other know how we're going. I did have a look online before about tips for, um, yeah, trying to achieve your goal, and one of the top tips was to have someone keep you accountable. So maybe we need to find someone to help us keep us accountable for becoming more like Christ. So do that. Good one. All right. Well, yes, that's all I have to say. So Happy New Year. I didn't bring up my second party Popper. Uh-huh. but. Pretend, woo! <laughs>
0: cool.
4: Our Bible reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter six, 16, reading from verse 21. Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me, and you do not have them in mind the things of god but the things of men then jesus said to his disciples if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for me will find it what good will it be what what good will it be For a man, if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his his soul, well, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom.
5: second reading this morning comes from Luke. Last chapter in Luke, chapter 24. Luke 24, verses 36 to 48. While I was still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, "'Peace be with you.' They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, "'Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your mind?' He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things.
2: From uh, time to time, we um, we say the Lord's the uh, the Apostles' Creed. Well, now we're going to sing it. So let's stand and sing the Apostles' Creed together. Uh, take a seat. Now just, I think the kids have already got hold of this already, but we've got thumbs up. Great. I'm going to take a break for a minute. You might like to do the same thing, have a bit of a breather. I'm going to have a drink and then we'll get into I picked a few songs that were a bit high this morning. Uh, Sophie and I were uh, struggling a bit there, but I hope you did okay. Um, great to have the sax playing with us. It's excellent. Thanks, Sam. It's wonderful, I think. Uh, well, Happy New Year to you. My name's Graham. If you don't know me, I'm um, one of the ministers here. Um, yeah, New Year's resolutions are funny, aren't they? I heard horrific statistics of, you know, they, only 8% of them f- um, succeed or something like that. But um, hopefully you'll do better than that. It's a bit depressing, or isn't it? Horrible way to start. Okay, well, let's get going. Um, uh, if you... There's an outline... Well, there's a blank in your, your January bulletin, so you might want to scribble some notes down, if you like, in that blank, but I'll try to have most of the sermon outline up on the screen so you can follow along. Um, we're going to be focusing our time... In a few books, I'm going to have some some, uh, scriptures up on the screen. You can see this is where our series is going, by the way. So today we're looking at what is doubt. And next week, the danger of doubt. How can I be sure? Overcoming doubt. And finally, in um, the last week of January, growing in confident faith. This is a really great week to bring a friend along to church. I know a lot of people are away on holidays and that's, that's what happens in January, that's okay. But um, if, you, if you have the opportunity to invite a friend to church, especially if you've been talking with someone about Jesus and you've, you've been taking that next step that we often talk about, um, this, is, this might be that next step. Uh, bring them along to church and, uh, uh, and they can hear the, hear the gospel, they can hear the good news about Jesus as we talk about uh, doubt. Anyway, how about I pray for us? Well, we're going to have a Q&A at the end too. So if you've got a question, maybe scribble it down and there'll be an opportunity at the end to, to ask a question or a word of encouragement or something like that. So let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you that we can believe and we, be- we can believe in um, the resurrection. We can believe in the Holy Spirit, that you are, that you are God, as we've just been seeing. Um, we can believe in your Son. Lord, we pray today as we hear your word and we think about this uh, topic, Lord, you can um, work in our hearts and minds and that we can take action uh, as a result of what we hear. In Jesus' name, amen. And welcome to, if you're watching at home, uh, so if you're away for a week and you miss a week, you can catch up with our, on our YouTube channel and uh, and follow the, the sermon that way. Well, when I became a Christian, I guess... Um, I, don't know, I guess looking back, uh, I was confident that I had overcome my scepticism and any sort of unbelief. In fact, a big part of my story was my unbelief in other religions, in other answers to questions of life. But, I, but also, I, I finally acknowledged that I needed a saviour and, and, uh, and who was the historical Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And there's no doubt I started out with a confident faith in Jesus. Uh, and I was conscious of growing in that faith, especially with the help of, of Christian friends and, um, and leaders. But over the, uh, over the years, as I've, as I've grown, um, I've faced doubts. And I've struggled with sin and I've been frustrated that I keep on falling and failing. Uh, and sometimes I've felt distant from God and sometimes I've felt as if God's not there at all. And I've struggled with seeing, at times, next to no fruit in my ministry and the disappointments of being let down by church and Christian friends. And during times of serious illness, I doubted, I selfishly, and even though it was wrong, I I still cried out, why, God, why would you do this to me? Um, What have I done to deserve this? I've been in a, a paid vocationary ministry right, for just on 20 years. I've um, ministered to lots of different people at all stages of life. And I've spent many a time with many people who have struggled with doubt. Uh, for some, it was a real fight to keep, them, to keep their faith, a real struggle. Uh, for others, well, it was a short burst of, of lack of assurance. Whatever time period of one's doubt, the result is it, ro- it, it, it robs Christians of their joy and their peace and their delight in God. And it prevents them from serving him wholeheartedly and sacrificially. Now here's the problem. The problem is, is that it's a hidden struggle. Maybe you've never heard a minister from up front in church talk to you honestly about their doubt. That's because we like to sweep it under the carpet. Uh, we We like to keep it hidden. We tend to bury it. We find it hard to admit and we're ashamed of it. And so we don't talk about it. Hey, we're meant to be people of faith, right? But sweeping it under the carpet and pretending it's not there will not help. We need to be honest with it and find help so we can get back to a joyful and confident faith. So here's my prayer, of this little series of ours, is that you'll be reassured to discover that doubt is a common experience for believers in the Lord Jesus. In fact, I'm really hoping you get that today. Today's pretty simple, our little introduction. But also I'll be praying that you'll be helped to grow stronger in your faith in the Lord Jesus. That's what I'm hoping. Pretty simple prayers, really, and I encourage you to pray the same thing over the next five weeks in January. But before we get on to answering the question, that question of what is doubt, our first little question up there, I want to share with you some fictional cases, these aren't aren't real people I'm talking to you about, but they're real stories and they might resonate with you because I want you to hear from the get-go that there's no single reason why Christians experience doubt. So let me introduce you to Stephen. Uh, Stephen is a committed Christian in in his 20s. For a long time, he's struggled with internet pornography. Most of the time, he's been able to resist his desire, but then he's gripped by an irresistible urge to download again. This often happens when he's feeling low, lonely or unhappy, and the repeated failures make him feel like he's not really a true believer. How can he be forgiven and have the Holy Spirit when he keeps failing in this way? Or there's Barbara. Barbara is a retired missionary who spent many years serving the Lord in Indonesia. Not long after she arrived back home, she was diagnosed with aggressive breast cancer. Many friends have been praying for her to be healed, but these prayers have not been answered. She's questioning whether there can be a good and loving God if he has allowed her to suffer like this after a lifetime of faithful service. Or Roger... He became a Christian more than 30 years ago. He's never experienced any significant periods when he questioned his faith, but he's troubled that now and then he finds himself wondering, for no apparent reason, whether what he believes can really be true, especially when the vast majority of other people are not Christians. These times pass quickly, and he reminds himself of the facts of the gospel. But he can't help but wonder if there is something fundamentally wrong with his faith. Or there's Jenny. Jenny grew up in a strong Christian family. She can't remember a time that she did not believe in Jesus and pray to him. She's very active in her local church. She doesn't question the truth of her Christian faith. But deep down, she worries that she really is a Christian. She didn't have a dramatic conversion experience like some of her friends. And nor has she had some deep conviction of her sin or any great delight in her salvation. Most of the time, she's happy and content, but she wonders if she really has a spiritual life. One more story, Susan's story. Susan's in her early 20s, and she's been surrounded by Christians for most of her life and is a committed Christian herself. But lately she's been greatly discouraged by the behaviour of some so-called Christians in her life. People who say they're believers but don't don't act like Jesus is their Lord at all. And this has caused, caused Susan to doubt what difference believing in Jesus actually makes. And if following Jesus means being aligned with these people, well, she doesn't want to be part of that at all. It's made her doubt her commitment to church and how can God save people like that anyway? Well, I don't know, any of those resonate with you, maybe. We could keep going. There's lots of other stories I could tell you about. Uh, real people, um, or real stories, those aren't real people, but they're real stories. Uh, real experiences that Christians have when it comes to doubt, and maybe some of them resonated with you. My friends, here's the good news. Right? The good news is we might like to keep doubt hidden, but the Bible sure doesn't. The Bible doesn't keep it hidden. It tackles the problem head on. And to quote a helpful book on the subject, the Bible admits that doubt will be a problem for all of God's people for some of the time, and for some of God's people for much of the time. Probably the most famous doubter in the Bible is, of course, thank you, Thomas, yeah, Thomas is probably the most famous doubter, he gets a nickname, Doubting Thomas. (laughs) Um, John's biography of Jesus tells us how Thomas first refused to believe that Jesus had really risen. Even though he just appeared to his disciples, he said, uh, and you can see that in um, uh, just in, I haven't put it in my notes, where is it? Just in verse 25. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe, says Thomas. Well, uh, Jesus appeared a week later, but this time Thomas was with the other disciples. And when he saw Jesus, Thomas famously said, My Lord and my God. Now, many of us who struggle with doubt, we long for such an experience. Gee, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that make things so much clearer? There's Jesus in front of me. I can touch and feel him. I can have breakfast with him, as they did. There he is in front. Wouldn't that be great? What a great... We long for that. But you know what? Jesus doesn't promise that at all. He doesn't promise that. In fact, quite the opposite. Jesus has spoken. He promises to speak through his word. And he says that's all we need. That's all we need. See, when Thomas finally believed, Jesus didn't praise him for his faith or commend him in any way. Did you notice that? But he said this to him. See verse 29? Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus doesn't promise us that we will see in in this life. Instead, we are called to live by faith in the promises of his word, not by sight. And we didn't, know, we didn't know this. Know this, that God's word in the Bible is completely sufficient to meet the challenge of doubt. That's the promise of God. The promise of God this morning that we need to hear. And that's where we're going to go. As we always do. Week in, week out. We're going to go back to God's word. We're going to go back to God's word and, and, and so that we can have a confident faith in the Lord Jesus. All right. Well, let's get back to this question then. What is doubt? i are going to spend a bit of time on this. Uh, what is doubt? Well... Doubt, it, it, what, that's, it's a term used to describe a number, of, a number of feelings of uncertainty. Really, that's what it is. But doubt is uncertainty about the future. To doubt is the opposite of certainty. For example, I am right to doubt that England will win another Ashes Test match this series. I'm right to doubt that. No problem. Uh, so this type of doubt, therefore, is a lack of certainty about an unpredictable outcome a cricket match, for example, and expresses our opinion that a certain possibility is unlikely. Follow that. For example, Christians may suffer doubt like this. When they doubt their faith would cope if they are diagnosed with a terminal disease. That type of doubt may cause them to question the reality of their faith right now. And the same can be said, if we Christians may suffer doubt like this when they doubt their faith would cope with uh, upcoming persecution, that's very uh, particularly bad. Right now, that will, question them, que- that will cause them to question their faith. Well, second, doubt is uncertainty about something you believe to be true. This reminds me of a little bit of a story uh, I came across during the week which may help us to understand what this type of doubt is. So a defendant was on trial for murder. There was was strong evidence indicating guilt but there was no dead body. In the defence's closing statement, the lawyer, uh, knowing that his client would probably be convicted, resorted to an old courtroom trick, legal trick. He said... Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I have a surprise for you all, the lawyer said as he looked at his watch. Within one minute, the person presumed dead in this case will walk into this courtroom. He looked toward the courtroom door. While the jurors, somewhat stunned, all looked eagerly on. A minute passed, nothing happened. Finally, the lawyer said, actually... I made up that last previous statement. But all of you looked with anticipation. I therefore put to you that I have a reason that, that uh, you have a reasonable doubt in this case as to whether anyone was killed and insist that you return a verdict of not guilty. Well, the jury, uh, clearly a little bit confused, retired to deliberate. A few minutes later, the jury returned and pronounced a verdict guilty but how inquired the lawyer you must have had some doubt I saw all of you stare at the door the jury foreman replied oh yes we looked but your client didn't
4: <laughs> Aha!
2: you see in a courtroom that sort of scene Members of the jury can be convinced by the truth of the prosecution's case. They can be. But then they begin to wonder, they begin to doubt whether the case is so clear-cut when the defence speaks. That's the sort of doubt we're talking about here. New information sometimes prompts doubt and causes re-evaluation of their beliefs. Doubt in this case is more like questioning our beliefs and it leads to changing our mind. It leads to changing our opinions. It leads to changing our convictions. It might even lead to stronger convictions. But having questions doesn't mean we have stopped believing. In fact, Christians regularly have doubts or questions like this. And it's a good thing because it will help us to grow and mature in our faith. So it's important we see the difference between questioning doubt and unbelief. Sometimes Christians use different language so as we can know the difference between questioning type of doubt and unbelief. So for example, uh, a a person over over a period of doubt in their life may believe that the Christian faith is objectively true, but doubt whether they're truly a Christian. And this uncertainty is really what we might just call a lack of assurance which is not the same as unbelief. And the way we go about uh, tackling the problem is also different. Finally, we do sometimes use the term doubt to mean unbelief. For example, an atheist doubts that God exists. They don't believe. Or we might even use the term doubt to describe a church leader who does not believe in the resurrection. So-and-so doubts the resurrection. Well, when it w- when he really, what he really means is they don't believe it. Well, so the point of all this, well, the point of all this is to see is to see the range of ways we use the term doubt, and so we can see the inevitability that one day, well, we'll probably experience doubt in some form or another. Or another. At times, that'll mean we that'll mean questioning something we believe, and this will be good if it leads to a deeper conviction of our faith or some new conviction. Which is more accurate from God's word. But we cannot be complacent about our doubts because the Bible warns us strongly of the danger of unbelief. We'll pick up again this next week. Many of us feel our failure acutely when we experience doubt. And of course, this is made worse when we never talk about it. We know the stories of the heroes of the Bible who trusted God in extraordinary situations, and so we feel like a failure in comparison. I'm not like that guy. But the truth is, when we read the Bible carefully, we we see that virtually all of God's heroes experience times of doubt. Now, the best example of this is in Hebrews 11. It's a bit of homework for you this week, if you like. Read through Hebrews 11, and you can follow through some of the stories. When we read of these heroes of the Old Testament in Hebrews 11, and we're urged to follow their example, but many of these heroes experience doubt. So Abraham's a good example. Abraham doubted that God would keep his promises to him. Twice he passed his wife off as his sister so he could keep safe um, because he feared for his life. Even after God had promised him a son, he put together a plan with his infertile wife to have a child by her servant. He doubted. In the end, Abraham's faith and perseverance was forged through, through a battle with doubt. Same's true for Moses. Same's true for Gideon. Same's true for Elijah, for Job list goes on. And then when we jump over to the New Testament, the same sort of pattern continues. Even when when Jesus was with the disciples, they struggled with doubt. Peter doubted that Jesus actually had to go to Jerusalem to suffer. Uh, Ian read this to us before. He said, you might remember what what, what, uh, Peter said to Jesus. He said, never, Lord. Uh, This shall never happen to you. And in in a classic, famous line from Jesus, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God. Peter doubted. And we've already heard the story of Thomas. But it wasn't just Thomas. All the disciples found the resurrection hard to believe. Uh, Luke 24, verse 38 to 39. Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. That's what Catherine read to us before. And even... After the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost, after all that that happened, Peter, when told to go to the Gentiles, when told to go to the nations, what does he do? He doubts. He doubts. He doubts whether the gospel is, whether he should preach the gospel to the Gentiles. That's Acts 10. James, James urges believers not to doubt, but to pray with faith. James 1 verse 6. And in Jude, Jude 22, command, Jude commanded the church to be merciful to those who doubt. In fact, doubt has been around since Adam and Eve, well, Adam and Eve questioned God's plan for them. That, meant, that means that we actually live, as, we, as the Bible tells us in, from Genesis 3, we live in a fallen world, an imperfect world, a world that, that is impacted and, and by, by sin and has spiritual darkness at its core. So doubt, well, actually, doubt should not surprise us. In fact, Faith, trusting in God, that should be the real surprise. True faith that triumphs over unbelief is always a miracle of God. So, if you're sitting here today or watching online and you've struggled with doubt, very simple message today as we start our series. I want you to be encouraged. Be encouraged if you've struggled with doubt. The fact that you doubt does not mean you can't be a Christian. Doubt is not the same as unbelief. Many Christians, many heroes of the faith have struggled with doubt. But here's where the rubber hits the road. We can't afford to ignore our doubt. We can't afford to sweep it under the carpet. I like what Beck said about having a buddy, um, someone who would keep you accountable in your news resolutions. Maybe this might help. Someone to to talk to about your doubt. We can't keep pretending it's not there, hoping it will go away. We need to deal with it and make sure it doesn't develop into unbelief. So keep coming along to our summer series. Uh, If you miss a week, you can catch up online. Uh, Go to our YouTube channel and follow, follow them through. We must use our doubt as an opportunity to develop a more confident, resilient and mature faith. How about we pray, and then um, we'll see, what, see if anyone's got any questions. You might have a question about what are we going to do in the series. That's probably true as well. So you can ask that too. Um, all right, let me pray, Father. As we um, as we remember and celebrate over Christmas time, we thank you that you came to this earth in flesh and blood in your Son Jesus to reveal yourself to us. And so today we pray that we put our trust in the Lord Jesus. Lord, help us not to doubt, but when we do, we pray that we'll use that doubt to question and then to grow and then to mature. We thank you that we've got real, real examples of real people in the Bible who struggle with doubt. And Lord, maybe just like Peter, who, uh, who struggle with doubt but then keep coming back to you, Lord Jesus, and trusting in him. And so we pray that we can do the same thing over this series. We thank you for your kindness to us. We thank you for church. In Jesus' name, amen.